Hi everyone, welcome to the Concerned Pharmacist Podcast for Young Pharmacists by Young Pharmacists. If you are a new subscriber, yay! I don't know, don't worry, we'll soon adopt that thing that Domino's used to do when we enter Domino's for the first time. New customer in the house. Anyways, if you are a returning subscriber, I cannot relate. It's okay. You are the real OG and uh, one chocolate for you. Thank you for tuning in to the Content Pharmacist Podcast. So today we are joined by Kali, Rosalind and Cindy. Unfortunately, Jennifer is unavoidably absent. So yes, when next she comes on the show, she's owing you guys an apology. She's unavoidably absent and the show must go on, right? Anyways, so today we are going to be talking about a sensational topic. It's called the pros and cons of community pharmacy practice. Or as my learned colleague would like to call it, retail pharmacy outlet. And you would agree with me that community pharmacy practice always has the biggest buzz boost out of all the career pathways in the pharmacy profession. It's either there's something wrong with the pharmacy or there's something wrong with the pharmacist or there's something wrong with the sales attendance, but there's always something wrong with the pharmacy staff. So today we are going to be dissecting the pros and cons of community pharmacy practice and definitely we hope that our students, the student pharmacists um, that are going to be listening in will learn one or two, um, hopefully intense to and um, NYS NYSC pharmacists that are thinking of which aspect of pharmacy they want to go to if they want to practice, you know, would pick up one or two. And our colleagues are already in the con- in community pharmacy practice, you know, if they want to still stay in the practice or they want to leave, right? So we're jumping right into it. All right, so Khalid, what is obtainable in the community pharmacy practice as a community pharmacist? What is the pharmacist expected to do? Okay, so I do think that, first of all, as a pharmacist who is begrudgingly practicing in a retail pharmacy practice space. Did you say begrudgingly? Wait, sorry. What did you say? Begrudgingly what? Oh, dear. Are you guys going to bully me? Are you going to spend all night bullying me again? Is this what this why? is? <laughs> why do you always do this every time? Why? Is, why is this what this is? English that we can understand? That's I... I'm sorry. Actually, I'm sorry, guys. But the show must go on. So, yes, the show must go on. I saw one who is practicing um, in the retail pharmacy space without, you know, without actually having the passion or you know the interests per se i recognize that i have my bias but also what i have what i have noticed is that i remember when i was in school and i mean it's 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 a fact that retail pharmacy practice has the highest um population of pharmacists among all fields of practice right so because of that it comes up a lot it came up a lot in discussions back when we were in school and i think i have always had the notion or the perspective that retail pharmacy practice actually goes beyond it goes beyond you as a professional it goes beyond the, the care you provide the professional care services you provide pharmaceutical care you provide 
it's it's important that you understand that perhaps the more the more significant um, factors that will determine your day-to-day -day activities as a pharmacist in the retail pharmacy space would have to do with the entrepreneurial and business side of things right what i mean by that oh, sorry that, sorry Kali. sorry to cut you short there so do you mean that are you trying to say that um as a community pharmacist you have to build skills in marketing are you also trying to validate the point that community pharmacists should be placed on target because i mean that that goes to show your marketing you are saying two different you things you. you are saying two different things he wants me to be cancelled he, he wants young pharmacists to cancel me. I, I will not. I will not see. I will not fall for your trap. Exactly. words in my mouth. I never That's said like so. two, di two different. Well, like exactly. Your first point is actually very valid. As a pharmacist, as a community pharmacist, you need you need marketing skills. Not just marketing skills. You need people skills. Basically, more like um um. I don't know if to say negotiation skills. But more generally, people skills, basically, you need to be able to speak to people in a compelling manner, in a way that you are able to, like, people can sense the authority when you speak with them. Because, definitely, at the end of the day, in as much as you're a pharmacist or a professional, your, your priority could be to provide optimum care for your patients, you also need to make money. You need to make money if you are the business owner. You need to make money for your business to keep running. If you are an employee, you need to make money for your employers so that the business can keep running. So at the end of the day, whatever you do as a pharmacist, like I was saying, it's just important that you know at the back of your mind that that business side of things is still like it's still very much at the fore of whatever it is you do. Because when you it's I mean it's just evidence for those of us that have practiced in this space that when the patient walks in, right? The first thing you do is you, you you profile the patient. Basically, you profile the patient. In your head, you have like strata's of 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 um, um, social economic social economic classes. And when the patient comes, you're able to place the patient in one of these groups. Like, okay, this patient is eh, an amateur patient. I mean, you can place them. Is this patient Amoteko? Is this is it a civilian patient? Is it a body patient? Is it a senior body patient? A body civilian patient? You know, you can place them in this class. There are different classes of patients. There are. There are different classes of patients. My lord, the eye. It's just, it's just, it's just one of the things that I, I really, I really would, would tell, um, younger me, about retail pharmacy practice. Like it is true. It is like the, the notion that the business side of things actually, in a way, rule in that in that space is is very much true. And in everything you do as a pharmacist, you need to also, you need to also think, be able to think as a businessman and as an entrepreneur, regardless of whether it is your business you are running or if I mean you've been employed by someone. At the end of the day, you need to make money for the business. So, like, away from all the all the noble talks of um, providing optimal care to your patients, first point of contact, blah, blah, blah. That's beautiful. And that's very much true. 
but it's 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 also important to note that what is obtainable in this space is that my guy going to think going to think like 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 basically the wrong business you need to think about the business side of things as well you need to consider those and you need to like be ready actually to to like learn learn certain skills that would help you excel in that in that side of things the business side of things you need to be able to pick up certain skills things that will not necessarily be taught in pharmacy school so that's just like i think a major a major um, point i would want people to take note of when we talk about things obtainable in uh, retail pharmacy practice well i i quite agree with you on something yes definitely pharmacy school doesn't prepare you for half of things you see in practice in real practice but so this brings me to my next question which i already asked before but Rosalie decided I was putting words into Kali's mouth. It's okay, we will interpret this differently. That's why, you know, it's a podcast. People can come and air their opinions with their chest. So, Rosalie, do you think that it is right for community pharmacies to be placed on, to be placed on target? Because, I mean, most community pharmacists are not business-minded. We are not even trained to be business-minded. The curriculum does not have business training in it, except maybe for some schools. Though, but I don't know most schools that curriculum doesn't have business training in it, right? So, do you think that? And I feel like one of the ways to test your marketing skills is by the number of people you can convert from leads to sales, right? And how well you can upsell them from somebody just coming to buying paracetamol. To adding anti malaria and typhoid and supplements and all of that because that's what that's what the practice is looking like today. Truth, you know, Kali said a lot of truth. Like, I mean, the retail pharmacy space, right? The drugs that are there are not free. They too, they bought the drug. Federal government did not give it to them for free, right? And so these drugs need to be sold so that they can recover their money back. That's business. So mostly. Do you think that it is right for community pharmacies to be placed on target? Okay. <clears throat> for me, I don't have issues with that. Because how do you want the business owner to make their money? And I think that every business, I mean, every business places their worker on target. Now, it is not bad. That's what I'm trying to say. Just that it should not be used or it shouldn't affect your main salary. If you don't meet target, you just would not get like the target bonus. If I'm a, as a content creator, I have if I'm working with a a company, I have target, I have KPIs. I don't, they don't call it targets per se. They call it KPIs. I have something to meet up to. That's more like target. Oh, you need to grow this page to so 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 followers within this certain period. That's like a target. As 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 an in, uh, as a rep, for instance, you have targets, but it's not stopping your main salary. It's just like oh, it's going to be an added bonus to your own pocket for community pharmacy. If they don't give you target, there are people that would not bring up their A games to the practice, and you would want the owner to pay you. You would want the owner to do this and that. Where will he get the money? Will he keep using his own personal money? That means the business will run at a loss at the end of the day. And I think that most times, you see, some people, if you don't challenge them, 
they won't really see the best in them. There are many people that as pharmacists now that they don't know they have this communication skill. They don't know they have this marketing skills. But you know, when I have it at the back of my end, at the back of my head, that, oh, I have a target to meet. If I meet this target, I'm getting so, so, so amount of money at the end of the day. And then it makes me feel good. Like, oh, I met my target. I try to like, oh, if I need to do research on it, I do. Do you guess? It's not like a do or die affair, affair that, oh, if I don't meet, I guess my, my salary will reduce or something. No, it's not affecting your salary. But I feel like it's a good thing, actually. And that way you also get to learn in case you want to start up your own pharmacy. So. Okay, so Rosalind says that it is a good thing for pharmacists, community pharmacists to be put on target but it shouldn't mean that their salaries should be affected. So meaning that for every target to give a community pharmacist, there should be target bonus. So you need your target to get the bonus. You don't need your target, you don't get the bonus. If you agree, please send in your voice note. If you disagree, please send in your voice note to the link that would be in the description box below. If I may contribute to that real quick. Please do. Right, so I have it. Yes. So first of all, I agree with definitely agree with Rosalind that um, that um, you know when you when you when you place people on targets or KPIs as the case may be, it's important that it is not like it's it's not it's not on a penalty basis, but rather it's like incentivized sort of like if you meet this target, you get this bonus. So it's it's so that it's 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 more like an incentive. For people to meet them rather than um, you institutionalizing a penalty for not meeting them because the latter can actually lead to some um, behaviors or you know patterns of professional behaviors that actually would go contrary to what we are supposed to do as pharmacists so that's just that I, that is something i totally agree with her on also i am also in agreement with her um, um regards the fact that the, the idea of placing community pharmacists on targets is not inherently a, a bad idea. And I think it's, it's very on par with, with the fact that at the end of the day, like I said, it's a business. It needs to have a vision and a clear map, a clear roadmap to reach that. And so the only way to do that would be by using you know, KPIs and um, another monitoring and evaluation tools and stuff like that. So like the idea of having, of setting KPIs is not inherently bad, but I also want to note that the particular KPIs being set is also important. That's like a nuance exactly. that we cannot yeah. over. Exactly. Do you get Impossible the, what's, what's, what's targets are being set? It's not, even, it's not even about the particular, the level of um, the thresholds or cutoffs or whatever. But like, what kind of targets are being set? Are you, for example, for, first of all, first of all, I, I actually think it's a bad idea to set a target for, for a pharmacist, a, a target as big as, um, say, in the month of April, you need to make, you need to make um, 2 million Naira sales in total. That's bad. That's like, it's bad from the business side of things. It's bad from the professional side of things. I don't want to get into Yes. So like, but it's like it is devoid of actual nuances. Like, 
what's what's is it what data do you have to actually sub, to, to actually like make that sort of to to put that sort of kpi in place like what i mean sorry, by that Pally, is Pally, sorry to interrupt you i kind of feel like that particular target that you just said now is relative do you understand so if a pharmacy like metplus is placing their pharmacist or maybe metplus metplus ecoe one of the metplus in ecoe now for example is placing their pharmacist on two million naira target a month i don't think it is bad i think it is because they already have the data they already have the customer base right so it what the pharmacist is coming to do is just to okay let's see how this patient now let's see how we can upsell him they already have the traffic of people coming into their pharmacy so that's why i said it's relative with a pharmacy that is just coming up cannot compare yourself to the big fish in the game already so if you are just coming up you need to set targets that are realistic for you for your location for your environment you cannot say your premise is in a and you want to set two million tire targets in a month and you're even just new, right? Because I mean, your drugs there should be drugs that people can afford. I don't know if you're trying to, so I, I feel like instead of saying it's bad, I feel like the right word should have been relative. I don't know if you're understanding my own point. That's not, I get your point, I get your point, but that's actually the direction I was looking at it from. Basically, what I'm saying is that regardless of what's, where you are, or what sort of pharmacy you are, or what your brand, like how big your brand is, I think it is a bad idea on any level to place a KPI that says meets this amount of make this amount of money in so 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 month. I think it's a bad idea. Now let me contrast with what I think is is a better uh, a better ways to approach this test, right? Say for example, you set a KPI like okay, increase the return patient level from two fifty percent to three hundred percent. Based on our data, that's one. Second, based another example rather, based on our data, um you know, March, April, May are the months where antihistamines sell the most. So like your KPI for the months of March can be, I don't know, increase increase um, 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 the rates, the sales rates of antihistamines by 150% or in the month of April, you know, reduce the, the rates of uh, what do they call this thing now? Is it out of stock syndrome, whatever they call it? Out of stock stock syndrome in the antihistamines section, reduce it by seventy percent. These are like these are like KPIs that are easier to follow because they actually speak to the basic things you do on a day to day basis. But when you tell someone make one million in a month, where did they start from? Like it's it's I think it's counterintuitive. To set KPIs that are inherently just difficult to follow and difficult to like to like measure and put into perspective. If you say I should make one million in a month and I go and look for one rich allergy that comes and buys, I mean, just comes, I, I give him even what he doesn't need, give him like. That's just an example, yeah. SC. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what I've done to essay tonight, but I I mean I, I beg for forgiveness. Well I get my points basically. It's like KPIs are not the issue. It's the nature of it's how you approach them that I think it can be wrong. It, you can get it wrong if the KPIs are difficult to follow 
and and I think it applies to many different spheres of, of business. So I'll just sit sit the mic now and, and hear what you guys like. Okay. Think about stuff. So Khalid says KPIs are not bad, but do not set unrealistic KPIs. I kind of agree though. So let's hear from Cindy. Cindy. <laughs> So well, you're all very committed for I don't know. If your boss I feel like I cannot relate. I feel like I cannot relate to, to KPIs and to targets okay. because okay. yes, I feel like I cannot relate to any of those terms because I have not had to meet with any target or I don't know KPIs in the past. But then basically I feel like as a professional or as an employee, let me say employee because you might have non-pharmacists or non-professionals you know, professionals listening in. As an employee, it is your duty to add value to an organization. Exactly. I'm not collecting paycheck just to collect paycheck now, Abi. You're supposed to add value. What would you feel good when they say, ah, since you joined us, we had less um, expired drugs or we had more, you know, return of patients and all that. Yeah. That would be nice. That would be really nice. And it also boosts your confidence as a person. You feel valued, you feel important, you feel like you're adding, like, something valuable to the company. And the issue of KPIs, I feel like... It is a two-way thing. It can be good, it can be bad. Like my uh, colleagues have already said, it can be good, it can be bad. Especially if your KPIs are really unreasonable. Honestly. <laughs> and then, let's not forget that a pharmacist is not an, it's not an, it's not an ordinary employee. You're not, the, you're not the regular employee or a salesperson out there, especially if you're in the community space. You're not the regular professional out there supposedly there to checkmate a lot of errors in medication and save lives basically so when you have targets things like targets i don't know just sound like sales yeah, market terms. yes like do you know what you can do to meet, meet with the targets even if you say you want to incentivize it you want people to okay don't worry you will not take it from your salary ah we just a hey, bonus who does not like money? Who does not want bonus? This person does not need this supplement, or this person does not need because, of course, I don't want to start going to the integrity of how how much supplement is enough or how much supplement is not enough. But because you want to sell, you just start packing supplements, start packing drugs. You don't care about the interactions. You don't you don't even care to do a a clear medication reconciliation to know if they have drugs at home that might even interact mm. take everything medication take everything. reconciliation guys oh well we don't hold up it's okay i, I mean <laughs> so like when these conversations come up it's just a little sad but then like roslyn said every employer every business owner wants to make um gain wants to make profit but like i think i i really enjoyed what Khalid was saying how you can be more creative about these things why still keeping um um the sanity and the sanctity of the profession so you, you mm. cannot just try well, start gadgets out there and expect people not to i don't know become monetized in their thinking they will just put money first ah, i know that this month who oh, is two million around nothing let's go let's go oh i need to sell supplements ah 
before you know, I don't start to do go online, they chat people up. I mean, it's not bad. I'm not saying it's bad to like, you know, go out there and get people to buy your product. I'm just saying that at what point can we draw the line between providing service and making money? I think I rest my case here. Okay, so at what point do we draw the line between providing service and making money? Guys, really love to hear your feedback. So please send us a voice note using the link below. Do you think community pharmacies should be placed on targets? And at what point do we draw the line between making money and providing services? So this brings me to my next question. Cindy. Being in a community pharmacy space, I don't know how long you've been in this space, what are the things that you like and you don't like about the profession? Or about the practice, rather? About the practice. Yeah, I like the profession. Please, don't do that. About the practice. Okay, well, let's Honestly, community pharmacy practice is a calling, I must say. It's, not it's definitely a calling. <laughs> you need to have heard from God that this is where you are meant to be before you enter. Because hmm. there, there are just a lot of things. It's I think it's the most direct, direct, um, um, I would say, sector of um, pharmacy practice like when i say direct like you are you and the patients go and go and they see yeah you get the same choice, uh, like when they do things like you and the patient at some point patient self they look you like my nigga so you can understand what that means right like i mean it, it's a lot of baggage it's a lot if you can't cope if you don't have if you don't have the if you don't have the fear of God in you, most times it, it can get really can get really hard. So like what I don't like personally, I don't I don't like the fact that I sit around I sit I sit one place basically for I don't know eight hours or nine as the case may be, depending. People even work twelve hour shift. It can be a lot. It can be very I don't know, for people that like things are that that are more you know, adventurous. You go out, you want to be on the move. She wants to be on the move. She wants to be It can be like you're confined. Yeah. It can be like, what am I doing in my life? There's that. It's also the long hours you work, honestly, and the fact that you don't get a break. Like when I say break, there's nothing like public holiday. We are recording this on first of May. And today was supposedly workers' day. We were at work for those in the community. Yeah, happy it's workers' not... day, guys. Happy workers' day. Now, now you tell the happy workers' day. Please <laughs> 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 do for humanity. You can imagine. And even on that workers' day, someone will still come and fight you. Go, go, ah. go, go. That day, me, you still fight. So, like, all those things, I know. Like I say, it's a calling. I mean, there are some people that love community. Community is beautiful because, honest, that is that is where the practice is. That is where the practice is. I really can relate to when you say community is beautiful. I'm sorry, my view about community practice is biased, very biased. Yeah, it's, oh. it's, I, 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 I still have that. I still have that. Honestly, like, I relate to what you're saying, but the, the point is that 
community practice is beautiful. You can't take that away. But the fact is that it is not yet ideal. It is not yet, I don't know, we can't, we can't say ideal. We don't even have that standard to work with. That that is why there are a lot of things that are happening that should not be happening, honestly. And that's why communities, you see a lot of people running away from community because compared to the hours of work, compared to the hours of, you studied, you know, you actually read, you come to work like this, person will just wake up, enter your pharmacy, say, what is the flagentic curve of, of the drug I took? And what is the <laughs> percentile range of the, you are just like, bro, be like, I, I know you every year. <laughs> <laughs> honestly, so like, you need to keep reading. People just come to test you. I've actually had someone come to meet me, like, trying to argue antibiotics, resistance, and all that with me. So, like, if you don't know your stuff, if you don't know your stuff, they will use it to shine. So, like, you can exactly. imagine all this. <laughs> all those efforts you put into even if you know your stuff, patient just already has it. I'm always right. Patient, patient, something no. is always right. So well, that's that's also on the side of employers too. Employers need to do better because please, we we invented invented a motto that patients are because customers are always right. <laughs> As in today, like this, yeah. I I had somebody come and then she like my daughter is not feeling fine. I'm like malaria and all of that, and then she like please oh, add them flaming. I say for what? <laughs> and she like now so they. <laughs> she said for infection. She said for infection. She said for infection. I said what kind of infection? She said malaria infection. I said which one be malaria infection again? Malaria infection. <laughs> she said that's how I used to give her. I know, ma, you are doing the wrong thing. And then she's trying to, and then just now, like, woman, wait, this is the professional. I, I, I like that because I'm like, oh, thank God, this man has sense. That one even has then, sense. Like, Not the ones that will tell like, you. Like, she really wanted, she was like, that's what I used to give. I said, no, madam, you are killing this, your child. You don't know. That's what I used to give her. Any small thing. That, Rosalind, Rosalind, after that, if you insist on giving her that as malaria only, and she goes, later, if the child just gives any small cup, <laughs> You see that pharmacist, and I thought that I wanted to let me know. Like, they just automatically blame it to the ph- what the pharmacist did not allow them to do. Like, they always just want to have their way. Such bullies, people. Such bullies. If I, was in, if I was in community practice, right, and the patient wanted to let me, ah, I will even give you argument. Since you spend your money, we need the money in the pharmacy. Spend it. Spend okay, it. Spend 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 it. Because I mean, see, let me tell you something. Eh, that's one thing I really don't like about community pharmacy. I don't have fit to waste. You see, energy. I don't have it. If you want to see me as my canvas, check me when I'm the community pharmacy. I really don't have time for everything. If you don't want to listen to me, should be able to spend your money. You spend it. You, I'll make sure that you spend it to the fullest. Th- that's another thing I feel like you need to, I need to even get opinions from. When people come to your pharmacy and they have like a wrong idea maybe someone is coming and say oh they have toilet infection of course there's nothing like toilet infection or they just want an antibiotic to prevent something that is not even there i want to use the flush thing. <laughs> i try to educate them <laughs> no for i try to educate them and they insist on what they know or they think they know do you actually sell that drug do you dispense that drug to them because i beg i don't want your problem the thing oh, is that if you have to dispense it to them, they will go to another place. Do you understand? And they will get it. The drug system, 
or the healthcare system in Nigeria is really flawed, right? So they don't, the next day they might go to my not even be a pharmacy, might be a patient medical store or medicine store. Yeah. And those ones, they just want to sell. Don't no worry, it might... doesn't even have to be a patent medicine store, it can even be a pharmacy. It that can has even be a pharmacy, to yes, meet. to meet. Yes, so it's an opportunity to sell one pick loss three five. Yeah, no, I pick loss three nine fifty now, by the way. Three nine fifty. So, like, these people that come and they want to insist on those drugs, yes, they insist to, for you to give them maybe an antibiotic when you clearly know that they do not need it. Do you actually dispense the antibiotic because of if, of course maybe you're, you just don't want to talk or you're tired or you just want to sell or do you insist that i beg brother we are not selling we don't have it you don't need it i am not giving you let's be sincere most times we eventually still give is the same thing exactly. as exactly is the same thing as saying that oh i'm telling you don't take this marijuana because it isn't give me she be me want to come, and they will still eventually give you. It's clearly written in on this pack sometimes that it's dangerous. But let's just be sincere. Sometimes when we talk, 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 if they listen and do or die, okay, take, take, take. Back, 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 back. <laughs> I swear, I feel like the only thing that I can be really stubborn about giving is um, the opioid analgesic. So maybe tramadol. So those ones, without uh -huh. prescription, you can't get those ones now. Exactly. So, yeah. You're talking about now. No, I've had, I've had patients that would come. I'm a regular customer here now. If we Which... don't like to give it to me, it's not prescription. It's not like a regular customer. Exactly. Normal, normal. So, me, I'm not a regular customer. You guys, like, let's, let's, let's bring it back. Let's bring it back to base. Say, for example, a patient comes and wants an antibiotic wants ampiclox to flush their system you have tried educating them i mean you've made them understand that you don't need this maybe rather than take this take um, a supplement take this and that this is better you don't need to flush your system you know and all that and they insist to take their money. So, but in my in my own personal capacity in all sincerity most times what i do is i weigh the the benefits versus i be not yes. actually. I, I look at the risk involved, right? Say, for example, if I had a patient with ulcer that wants a pain reliever, and I tell them that, oh, sorry, you cannot take diclofenac, but you can take Atriotec, right? And they go, ah, no, 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 Atriotec is too expensive, it's too this, please just give me the Lofnac, don't worry, don't worry about it. Like, in that, in that occasion, what I try to do there is, I just try to advise them that okay, this is not ideal, but uh, it's it's first like make sure you eat enough food. Yeah, you get have enough food before you take it. Have an antacid handy just in case things can later go up. So like I do that, but see that's why I say like it's it's I I handle this on a case by case basis. Exactly. If it is now a patient asking for ampiclox, I actually I I don't give it. I yes, like, there are some I, cases. I'm adamant with those ones. Yeah, there are some cases you like. So, I beg, I not do. Yeah, definitely. So like, it's fine. It's fine. Like, I'm actually, I have made peace with the fact that sometimes you you refuse to dispense certain drugs, and the patient will simply go elsewhere and get it. I have made peace with that. It's actually fine. Yeah, I feel like, like for me, what I think is that as like a pharmacist, one of the roles you play. 
is 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 for you to I be a like tech point. Uh, so I'm trying to say that I feel like for me, if you want antique love, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you the complete dose. So when I tell you the price of the complete dose, and you're like, no, I just need one sachet, then I'm like, no, nah, get out, nah, just get out. It doesn't work that way, actually. Okay, what let's even be honest. A lot of us sell one sachet. Let's even be honest. No, this is a sp- is a safe space. Like I'm not even saying well, we're I- here on this call. Like people listening, yeah, yeah. listening. I'm speaking to all of us now. A lot of us sell one sachet of ampicloth, knowing that that will yeah. not do anything. On the insistence of the patients that they don't have the money, don't worry, it's just for something small. This they want to buy like, and there's something that I feel like is blurry that we also need to cover. We know we hear um, people say, sorry, authorities say a patient has a right to reject treatment. That's right. Abby, they have a right to say they don't want treatment. They don't want your advice. Treatment is general. It could be your, a medical advice. It could be like care. It could be like a drug. They have a right to reject that. So does that also mean they have a right to insist on something that they know is okay that okay that we know rather that is not good for them like they have a right to insist that they want to get this drug yeah don't worry like scarlet said it's no snack it's not good for us but i insist i want to get it anyways or ampicloss you're saying you need two cards but they're telling you they can only afford one give it to me anyways do you have a right to actually like insist and when i say they have a right to insist like are we supposed to not deny them that right i don't know if my question is is coming out the way I, I, think I, get, I think i get your question but like i think this is where professional um discretion comes into play right what i think is like broadly as an interpretation patients have the right to discard your advice as you have the right to not dispense medications using your professional discretion right so if a patient has said they they, they want to exercise their rights to refuse treatments i think we should also understand that dispensing medications is actually part of pharmaceutical care which is part of what we offer that the patient is now rejecting so it is within we are well within our rights to refuse to dispense medications if um from you know with our professional discretion we have determined that it's in it's in our best interest as professionals and in the best interest of the patient and in the interest of public health that we do not dispense that medication at that moment so that's patients so I think we have the rights to do that. It's just, I don't think it is um, 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 right, or rather, I don't think it is wise for us to now, like, harp on that every time, every time a patient says, I don't know, this is what I want to just you go berserk and you refuse to, you know, dispense. I think it's just, let's just use our discretion. Certain exactly. times, you know, it's fine, it's fine. That's just, what I want to worry. say. Because yeah. sometimes you cannot always insist on your own rights because yeah. I feel like where you can even exercise that your rights well is maybe drugs that are controlled you have a right yeah. to not if they are no proper and then when there is if there's a public health implication okay. um, um, yes life, like during that covid during that exactly. covid we had patients okay. coming in requesting chloroquine at eec bro you are just going to overdose or this seed and you clog up mm-hmm. the, the health system so don't worry just I'm, I'm not giving this to you if you want to get but sometimes so fine. being honest so we know that they come in for one such and many of us putting myself in the bracket because it's a safe space here you're like it is too sachet you need don't worry give me one i have one at home mm, yeah true true <laughs> that happens a lot that happens a lot i have one I at home don't worry. if you get caught in that corner 
a lot <laughs> as professional. All me I try to do is that. Uh, yes, you cannot afford to search it of GSK's um, Ampic Logs. Before you finish this one, it's fine to buy the unbranded one and finish it up. Honestly, it's the same as the same clogs as Lynn. They were never here, don't worry. It was never here, like, I'll do my part. Like, I feel like, I feel like, as professionals. Like, we know we will do our part, but the problem here is that sometimes, okay, well, doing your part is. I feel like they know hearing. Yeah, they know hearing should not deter us from actually doing our jobs. Honestly, many times, many of the things we say, you tell the patient to take um, at a metal limit for train now and take the second after eight hours. How are you sure that, that patient did not forget and, and eventually take it 20 hours later? So, like, that's on them. It is on them. It's like, it's a partnership. It's not, it's not, it's not, I don't have to do everything. I, sh I can do my part while you do yours. I don't have to worry about you doing yours. I just have to, like, be sure that you understand what I'm telling you and you have, I have given you enough information to act on. The rest is now up to you. So, like, I will still tell you whether or not you want to listen. I will still do my part and tell you that. What Very about important. You I feel like that's, like, the message we need to... Yes, yeah. and, that's, and that's why I think that eh, we should not have this mentality that these people will not hear you. See, they hear everything. They just choose not to answer you. They choose what to, they choose what to do. Most fine. What I do, eh? if you want to buy one, I'll now, now you strip you. Like, if you don't, I'll not tell you, if you don't complete it, this is what will happen. This is what will happen. This is what will happen. <laughs> At that point, some of them are going to say, eh, hey, oh yeah, give me one you more. You guys, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt. Hello, everyone. It's my birthday. <laughs> hey. Happy birthday. Yes. I hate all of you. Hey. <laughs> 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 Also, <laughs> uh, I'm your only fan. Hello, I'm your only true fan. I am your only like, true fan. Don't ever, don't ever forget. Don't ever forget. Don't ever forget. Boys, you are going to be singing for her. I know it's like I don't know. You might listen to this like after. Maybe you might listen to this like the weekend after. But anytime you listen to me, just wish me a belated happy birthday and say a prayer for SA Media. It's my birthday, guys! Yay! Happy birthday, Essie! Happy birthday, Essie! Thank you! Have a good, fulfilling, and satisfying year ahead. Thank Essie. you! So, you guys, there's my cake. This is the point where we get um, to. So, now that we've gotten all of that, so now that we've gotten that out of the way. Yes, Rosalind, <laughs> yes. Would you? <laughs> 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 I promise you, we are hurry friends, you guys. <laughs> Anyways, guys, so I feel like the takeaway from seeing uh, this whole pro, pro, pros and cons thing is that you should use your discretion whenever you are dealing with patients. Wisdom is profitable to direct. So use your discretion. These patients, they can put you in trouble, right? So... <laughs> This is just happening in trouble, so use your discretion. So I'm moving to Rosalie. Uh, Rosalie, can you tell us your pros and your cons, what you love and what you do not love about being a community pharmacist, right? Okay, um, I absolutely. For me, I love the fact that I get to interact with my patients. I get to know, you know, more about them. So for me, it's more like a public health thingy. I get to more like interact. 
I get to read. I get to know a lot of stuffs happening in this life. A lot of shages people see. Yes, actually. It makes me, and I, I like the fact that I get to treat people and then they come back. I'm like, oh, fam, thank you. This thing worked. That and this, that and that. I love that. That's like one of the major things I look forward to. Like, oh, when I treat somebody and then the person is coming back to like, oh, I feel better. Thank you. This and that. And then asking for more advice and what to take. And at that point, the person already has like full confidence in me that no matter what they want to take, they have to like, oh, fam, can I take this? Fam, can I do that? Fam, can I do I love that. The only part I don't like is the fact that you have to deal with a lot of people, which is not really like a bad thing because you learn to... It makes me learn to deal with a lot of people with different characters, actually. And then maybe because I've really not had so much bad experiences, I don't really have much thing to say that I don't like. Uh, just maybe just patience, being being who they are, being rude, being, you know, some makes you feel like you are just like some street girl or so. Especially when you are, you look smallish. Yeah, <laughs> hey, enough. Hello, no. It's true that Auntie knows. Why, why a, a guy on white lab is the doctor, but me because I'm not a guy. I'm nose. I I had a bad experience. Like I think that was on when this last weekend or so. And then you come in. Uh, how much is this thing? Was you were speaking rudely to me like some girl selling abs on the road, and then. Huh. I had to like comport myself. I wasn't going to respond in the first place because you cannot be talking to me like that. Just entered and then you're just like, eh, bring that thing. How much? You know, go reduce price. Eh? Why do they look me like that? The guy was just talking like, and then I was looking. And then the next thing is like, we'll be the doctor for you. In our face, I was wearing a lab coat. And you faced the salesperson. You and you then. And then he was not asking the salesperson, eh, hey, now you go treat me. I won't complain about my life. And that was like, Miss ah. the Pharmacist. And then he looked at me. Eh, now you go treat me. It was just, I'm like, sir, I don't like the way you're talking to me. Please talk to me properly. And then he's like, what do you mean? Customer is always right. Mm -hmm. Now me won't buy drug, go. Ah. I'm like, yeah. I said, sir. He said, and I said, I'm not even your mate. And I said, sir, I'm using sir for you. That's to tell you that I'm showing you respect. I know you are not my mate, but please, you can't talk to me just like that. And then it's like, Women will not attend to me? I say, I'm the one that will attend to you, but you need to talk to me properly for me to attend to you. And then it's like, oh yeah, give me my drug, make her they go. I know they buy again. You know, and I'm like, sir, I'm not, I was still using sir, funny enough. And then I was keeping a very strict face. And at the same time, I was trying to be, oh, he's my patient. I need to understand this guy. I was trying not to lose it. At the same time, I was trying to tell him that, no, you can't come and talk to me anyhow in my pharmacy. And I told him, sir, I can't come to your office to talk to you like this. So talk to me properly. You're in the pharmacy. And then he had to calm down. He was looking at me like, what sort of girl is this? I'm like, you cannot just walk inside here and feel like you can talk to people anyhow. Come on. That's just one part of the of community pharmacy that I think everybody would eventually have to deal with. You deal with people that they bring their house problem and then come and want to pour it on you or more if not now grace of god they have come in for my sister i swear if not them for the carrier ourselves go police station every time <laughs> i say police station before you get to police station for the entire hospital they for all beat you <laughs>
<laughs> if I don't get too patient. <laughs> I say, but then actually, come from us is fun. It's is fun. Huh? It for me, oh. I really cannot read. Please. <laughs> <laughs> it is fun. Rosalind, ah. I actually get, I agree with Rosalind. I get what Rosalind is saying. <laughs> I agree with Rosalind. And let me explain. Let me explain. How did you put it earlier, Kali? Let me explain. I get it. Um, but he's yeah, having fun. He's having yeah. fun now, though. <laughs> okay. So, Kali, let's hear you. The thing is, I think the best thing about community pharmacy practice or more accurately, retail pharmacy practice is also the worst thing about it. Exactly, <laughs> so, like it's like, like it's a fact sword. that it is the fact that you get to interact with so many people means you are actually exposed to so many occurrences, so many stories, so many characters. It's it's almost never a dull moment. But yeah. at the same time, you are also exposed to so many characters, many of which have like underlying problems. So there was a tweet I saw on Twitter once from a medical doctor. He said, trying to be, trying to show empathy to your patients in the Nigerian healthcare system is actually difficult because everybody is walking around with like, with baseline anger. Like everybody's baseline mood is anger in this Nigeria, especially in Lagos. Everybody's just angry by default. Like you don't even have to say anything. Once they walk in, they are angry already. So like it, it becomes difficult to deal with them to you know relate to them show empathy towards them and and do all that so like that's like i think the worst thing about retail pharmacy practice at the same time you're also exposed to so many funny stories that's what makes it fun there was one um there was one tweet shout out to um inkem pharmacists on twitter she made a tweet once she makes lots of tweets tweets actually about um retail pharmacy practice that are very relatable so there was one that I found really funny because I had a similar experience. It was, she said, dear patients, I'm here to remind you that a pharmacist, doctor, nurse license is not a property to be inherited. That your family member has it, does not transfer the qualification by blood or marriage. Something funny happened. A guy came into my pharmacy and was dictating to me dosage regimens because according to him, my father is a doctor. I was just, I was unfounded. It took a lot. It took a lot for me to hold the laughter in. Because how is this how is this justification for you to try and you are my patients in this case? That's like understand the dynamics, right? I'm I'm very happy to hear inputs from you. But you went about it in a way that it was so it was so sure. He had so much authority about the when way. He was you speaking. you became the patient and him the pharmacist. I I can't I can't shock. See ah, ah they don't teach me they don't teach me this one for pharmacy, which is the way they talk so. <laughs> I feel like say I know to know Kabi. At the end of the day, my guy say I know this. My father is a medical doctor. Oh ho! People actually do believe that a medical license or or, or medical um, um qualifications degree, are, are inheritable. Yeah. The medical degree is inheritable. It's for the whole family. Just, covers the whole family. I feel like that's the one. Your doctor. You're not a doctor. <laughs> your wife is a pharmacist. <laughs> so your wife. Is, Let's also talk about our fellow pharmacists that are helping us to spoil this community pharmacy. Because how does it make sense? How does it make sense for someone to come, call you, like, okay, someone walks into the pharmacy to 
get one of these drugs that of course you need a prescription for and then they are calling their son or their uncle he's a pharmacist and that one is speaking to you on the phone and telling you as men of honor as men of honor what are you give him as a as men of honor let me give him pentazosin okay i need to disperse pentazosin or give somebody a antidepressant like I've had a I've had a couple come into the pharmacy and then the man was like give us give us um Lexot and I'm like sorry we need a prescription and then he said, he said he said he said my my wife my wife is a doctor and I looked at her mom you know the right thing to do and she was like she um, what and I'm like we need a prescription she said where she was like where do I get I say I don't mind you go bringing your own hospital prescription write your name and sign on it I'm going to document sign it. on it. Simple. And then she was like, "Can't you just?" I said, "No, you cannot tell me you're a doctor, not by mouth. Write, <laughs> write prescription." And then she was like, "I should give her a paper." I'm like, "No, I cannot give. It's not. I, I don't say write on paper. Uh-uh. I mean, I need letter a proper a, also <laughs> letter, a prescription sheet, ma. Which one? Mona, that's that's how they that carry has, their that head. That all like, the ten or eleven yes. components of a proper prescription. And then she was like, a valid prescription. Which one is all this one again? Are we going to?" I said, "I'm not going to sell it to you, ma." And then she left, and I'm like, "Thank you." going don't come and put me in trouble like you cannot come and be saying i'm a doctor i'm a pharmacist and dispense no you see when they start saying give me phone i'll just i'm like you know if you're a professional so you should know the right thing and you should know why i'm asking you to do the right thing i don't talk more than that if you cannot provide what i need bye-bye i do have you by the way Like if this happened, I was like, sorry, sir. As you said, I don't know when I said they please help me to give them the Azepam, and I'm like, sir, as men of honor, you could you said earlier, so you know the right thing to do. So if you have a friend that is a doctor, you can as well just, I mean, get him to write a prescription, a letter-headed prescription. One came to the pharmacy one day, and he was showing me like a snapshot, like prescription snapshot on his phone. And I don't, I don't know if you know you are allowed to use screenshot of prescription. I don't know if because that's still another gray line. Um, because people are like telemarketing, telepharmacy, and all of that. But this one, the date, say that we are in May now. The date was February, February twenty something. That's awesome. That's suspicious. Like, and I'm like, are you serious? Are you kidding me right now? Also, also, I think that for these medications, especially when we say that they actually do not need to refuse, if they are like just one-time drug orders that they need to just pick up and they are done with, what I do is I I retrieve those prescriptions, I hold on to them. Yes, so as like, you should. This prescription has expired, as so the whole. Hold on to it. Yeah, so you cannot show me a prescription on your phone that you basically can take to the next pharmacy. I, I I don't know. I don't I don't I don't reckon with that. Unless it's it's like a prescription I can clearly see that you would need refills for in the future, to get so. Yes. All right. So let's round up. So guys, there's a lot of gray lines in the community pharmacy practice, and there definitely be a part two. And I'm sure that in that part two, we are going to now be talking about the pay and the absurd working hours and the absurd working conditions and the necessary fines and all of that. So stay tuned for part two. So um, we hope you really had a great time listening to us, or we hope you have a great time listening to us, um, share our experiences as community pharmacists. 
and our pros and cons, what we love about the practice, or what we love about, yeah, what we love about the practice, and what we don't like about the practice, right? So we'll be rounding up today, we'll be rounding up this conversation right about now, and uh, we just want to say that you can listen to our podcast on Apple Podcast and Spotify, while we're trying to work on getting it on Google, okay? So please, please listen to the podcast. Send in your voice message. We want to hear from you. Is it right for community pharmacists to be placed on target? And um, what is the gray line between providing service and meeting your targets, right? Please, we'd really love to hear, hear, hear your feedback, okay? And so right about now, Kali, Cindy, Rosalie, Essay, you're signing out and it's Bye guys, bye for now. Bye. 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 And happy birthday to me once again. Happy birthday. Mm. <laughs> 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 Is okay.